Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hey friends, welcome to the Naked Marriage Podcast. Dave and Ashley Willis here. We're starting a new series today where we're kind of going back to the basics and looking at some of the wedding vows Uh, kind of taking the vow one at a time and just really reminding ourselves what that means. And so over the next few weeks, we hope that this is sort of a chance for a a vow renewal of sorts for you and your spouse without having to spend the money on doing a big ceremony, just reminding each other of what these vows mean and and kind of finding a new way to make this promise to each other all over again. I remember back to our wedding day and and our vows, uh, we, we wrote vows for each other, but before we got to those vows we wrote for each other, uh, the, the pastor who was a friend of ours, you know, he asked us if we said I do to those more traditional vows. Mm-hmm. Do you take one another to love and to cherish in sickness and in health for better or for worse, forsaking all others till death do us part? And we said, I do. And that wasn't just a one-time vow, but in marriage, it's one that needs to be renewed uh, often, both formally and informally, I believe. And so coming back to those basics, we're going to look at What's the very first line of those traditional vows? To love and to cherish. What does that mean? And how do we do it? And I'll just say first, you are so easy to love and to cherish. Oh, you're easy to love and cherish. You know, I love those vows. Those are probably my favorite ones because I feel like it's so ba- it is basic, right? To love and to cherish. Yeah. And I think, you know, number one to love, I mean, how many ways can we show love to our spouse? Uh, You know, love is not only, you know, I love, (laughs) this is going to age me a little bit, but I used to listen to, um, well, modern day Toby Mac, but back in the day, there was a band that, uh, what were they called? DC Talk. DC Talk, yes. So um, Michael Tate, who is now the headliner or the the leading man for Newsboys and Toby Mac. And then there was another guy and I'm blanking on his name, but a great singer. And there's a band called DC Talk and they had a song called Love is a Verb. And I love that song. and, And it's like, love is a verb. It's not just love a noun. It's a verb, like you show love. And that sounds so silly and simple, but really, I think that's what we need to remember as spouses is that we need to show our love every day. How do we show our love? I think we need to say, I love you as much as possible. Yeah. But I think saying specifically, you know, things that we love about each other it is awesome because especially the longer you're married, it's great to hear that. But also showing love in this in the sense of serving one another. I think, you know, we've got to serve one another every day, like doing those little things, those little acts of love that show that you're on my mind. I care about you. I mean, Dave makes coffee every morning. I mean, just that little act. And sometimes you'll bring me a coffee and I love that. 
that just makes me feel cared for because you make the coffee way better than I do anyway. That's I make true. it too strong. I really, my parents, every time they visit, they're like, this is way too strong. And I'm like, I know, I don't know how to make it. Like if I'm, if I'm the one there and you're they like, think mine's too strong too. Taking the kids I think, to no, you guys are just too weak. Yeah, you, you're right. You're, you're the ones that are Up drinking watered game. down <laughs> bean water. Like I'm making coffee water. over here. I love it. It's really good. But you know, that's simple. And I think like putting gas in the car, I mean, like you, I rarely have to put gas in our car because you're on it. And well, you I know, love to serve in that way. It's just, it's, it's just, just practical. Love is, it's an action. And we display right. it, like you said, in so many ways through our words, through our actions. The Bible gives us a great template of what love is. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus is our role model. You know, he's love embodied and he was so full of kindness and, and he served, he sacrificed their sacrifice in love. Um, First Corinthians, the famous love chapter that we had in our wedding, love is patient and kind and. That whole passage gives us a roadmap. Love is patient and kind. It doesn't, you know, envy or boast. It's it's not it's not easily offended. It's not filled up with pride. It doesn't demand its own way. So love in marriage has to be all those things that that we're not prideful, we're not demanding our own way, but instead we're kind and loving to one another. We're we're uh, serving one another. That's what love looks like. It's not just a gushy feeling because mm -hmm. feelings, you know, feelings change. I mean. But if you if you do the action of love, your feelings will almost always catch up, and right. and you'll have the feeling too. But the feeling is is secondary to the action. That's right. You know where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Too, there it is. Right. And and does say that where right? your treasure where your yeah. treasure is, yeah. there your heart will be. Yeah, I was like I was getting it wrong there, but that's that's true because it's like the more you treasure something, the more it has your heart. You know, and and I think tending to that's where cherishing comes in, and to me, cherishing is holding up high like holding it as, as something special, something important, you know, holding your vows up highly, holding your spouse highly, uh, and just marriage, like saying like this, this is something that I value in my life. I'm going to cherish it. I'm going to tend to it. I'm going to keep on growing it. And I think by doing that, you know, we do, we love our spouse by in action and in words and deeds, things like that. But also by cherishing it, I think we're, we're trying to to better our marriage. I yeah, think yeah. right now, you guys watching and listening the Naked Marriage podcast, you are cherishing your marriage and you're cherishing yes, your spouse. Yes, good for you guys. I mean, you're, you're taking that step. I think by, by taking it a step further, by reading the marriage books, by taking time to pray together, by pursuing your relationship with the Lord and praying for your spouse, I think by uh, you know just reading, reading marriage resources and growing together, taking time to go away and to invest in your marriage by doing things like a vision retreat or by coming to our EXO marriage conferences, you're pouring into your marriage. You know, you're cherishing it. And I, when I think about cherishing, I mean, I think about, you know, things that that we cherish, we try to, to keep it in good condition, right? You're keeping it, yeah. right? And so you think about a piece of jewelry that you want to keep in good condition, you're gonna polish you it. You're it. You're gonna clean it, you're gonna it. protect it. You don't put it in any old place in your house, you put it in a special place. The same goes for like, you, I think about like those antique cars that occasionally you see people pridefully driving down the road because they have cherished that car. The engine's running great, the, the paint looks beautiful, the leather's in great condition on that car because they've cherished yeah, they, it. They've it's been old, so mindful of everything they put it. into that car, everything mm -hmm. they do on the outside of that car, Yep. Um, where it's, how it's cared for, where it's kept, I mean, the maintenance, all of it, it is it is very intentional. You don't right. get a car, 60-year-old car that looks brand new by accident. It takes a lot of intentionality. And what's so crazy about that is sometimes we are more, you know, likely, like we're more willing 
to care for something like an old car that we have, you know, it's a hobby or interest of ours, or maybe even, and I'm going to step on some toes saying this, like we're going to cherish our pet. We'll take that pet <laughs> yeah. to the groomers. Yeah. We're, we're clipping those nails. We're making sure they have the heartworm treatment. They, they blow a hip and we're going to pay thousands of dollars to get that hip, you know, right in the right place. But we don't want to go take a date night with our spouse and heaven forbid we pay 50 bucks or whatever and go to a conference, you know, like, like we are not willing to do those things. And I'm telling you, when we put it in those terms, that should be a wake up call. Like that should be a wake up call for us all. Like, what are we willing to do? What links are we willing to go to, to cherish our marriage? And I would tell you, we should be willing to, to put a lot on the line there, right? Yes. We need to be willing to put a lot on the line. This is who we have vowed to spend our life with. You know, for those of you who have kids, this is the person that you have children with. Like we need to do what we can to keep our marriage strong. And, and if it is going off course, to get it back on course. And, and so I think that that's what cherishing looks like. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell a story that you used to make fun of me for telling. That's oh, no, I love this one. You haven't told it in a long, I haven't heard it from you in a long you time. You Harold? Uh, Harold you, Louise. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. So I want to tell you an example of, we saw, we saw what cherishing, this one example. This is cherishing lived out. Love and cherish. So one of the very first marriage conferences we ever did before we were even part of the team here at Exo Marriage, amazing team. Uh, and we were, we were at this church and it was, it was a Friday night and we were talking to a group of, I don't know, maybe, maybe a hundred couples. hundred, yeah. And maybe smaller than that even, but there was this one couple that caught our eye. They were older. They were probably around 80. I don't know. And they probably were- At least. Yeah, at least 80. She was in a wheelchair, but they were just flirting and laughing and having so much fun with each other. They were wearing matching t-shirts that they had had made, I think just for this event. It was so cute. And- they just light and love just shone from them. And, mm -hmm. and, and as soon as we got a break, I went straight up to them and I was just like, I want to be like you guys when I grow up. I mean, you are doing it right. I said, tell me the secret. Tell me the story. You know, what, what, tell me the story of your love. What's, what's the secret? What do you do? And Louise, other uh, names were Harold and Louise. Mm -hmm. And Louise said, uh, well, it's not just one secret, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I'll, I'll give you something. She said, when Harold first asked me out on a date, you know, and he was a nice fella. So I said, okay, sure. And I went out with him and it was, uh, it was January 16th and we went out, had a real nice time and he was such a gentleman. And so when he asked me out again, I said, yeah, sure. I'd love to go. And that, that second date, you know, turned into, turned into to more and, and Valentine's day came around and he brought me flowers and I said, oh, that's so sweet. We had a really nice Valentine's Day. But then two days after Valentine's Day, February 16th, he shows up and he has a flower in his hand. And I said, what's this? You just brought me flowers for Valentine's Day. And he said, well, those were for Valentine's Day. He said, but you might not even know what today is, but today's the 16th of February. It's been one month, one month since our first date. And I've loved every minute of it. I, I'm just so honored that, that that we're spending time together and so honored to, to call you my girl. And um, I just am so excited about what the future might be. And she said, well, this fella's a keeper. So on March 16th, sure enough, he shows up again with another flower and says, well, it's been two months, two months since our first date. It's been the best two months of my life. And she said, as things went on, you know, we, we got engaged, got married. And sure enough, though, on the 16th month after the, after our wedding, I thought the flowers would stop because well, he's got me now, but <laughs> nope. He showed up with a flower on that 16th and he said, 
I bet you thought I'd forget, but there's no way I'm forgetting. He said, I'm just so thankful for every month with you, every moment with you. And then she looked at him and kind of got a tear in her eye and she looked back at me and she said, it's been 656 months since our first date and he has never once forgotten to bring me a flower. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the biggest, most unromantic <laughs> jerk. I'm like, dang it. Why did I even ask? I mean, that's like, dang it, Harold, setting that bar so high. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Harold, you jerk. Now, how am I supposed to live up to that? And um, it was so sweet. It was so sweet, though. So it was sweet. such a powerful reminder of just the intentionality of love, mm-hmm. that love is intentional. Right. That there's nothing magical or difficult about buying one flower every month. It's not something you have to carve out all this money in a budget for or anything like that, but it's just that he remembered. It's that he wanted her to never forget how much he cherished her, Mm -hmm. how thankful he was for her. Mm -hmm. Um, I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked naked. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or ten bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. And they'd been through it. Yeah, they'd I mean, been through clearly ups and downs she had, and she, had, she had current health issues. I mean, gosh, you know, and being 80 something years old, I mean, and married that long, you would have stuff that you've been through 
but to not forget. And I think the consistency speaks volumes. I mean, I think whatever we do consistently, it, it, it's like reinforcing what we've built in our life, you know? Yeah. And and I, I just love that. And there's things that you do consistently for me that I just love. I mean, you're so, you consistently tell me, you know, that you're thankful for different things I do, for who I am. I am. You consistently just do little things. Like he, you bring me flowers regularly. I mean, there's not a certain day per se, but I regularly, you know, you'll come back from the grocery and there's flowers and you do this with the boys and the boys, you've involved them with it too. And you'll have them bring them to me. And I, cause I'm a big flower person, especially when it comes to lilies, especially stargazer, stargazer lilies. I just swoon because it just is, that's what I, you know, had on our wedding day and you know how much I love them and they're not always in season. And so if you can't get those, you'll get like an Oriental lily and it just fills the whole house with a fragrance that I love. And it's just, it's just intentionality and consistency. And so like 22 years later, just that you're willing to do that, it means the world. And I know for some it's not flowers, but you know, rubbing my back at night and just, you know, it's, it, it means a lot to me. I know that I always tell you before I ask you, like, I'm like, if you don't want to, don't do it. Cause I don't ever want you to resent it. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I just think we all have to have those things that we consistently try to do. And also keep asking our spouse, like, how can I love you today? How can I serve yeah, you today? Yeah. I think that goes a long way. And, and that may seem really cheesy to some people like, well, gosh, I shouldn't have to tell him. I shouldn't have to tell her, but I mean, why not? Like, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't have to. You don't but make the waiter guess what you want. Why? Yeah. Why would I you mean, make your spouse? Well, like, they'll say because he's a grown man, she's a grown woman and she should know. But I'm saying I'm saying like in a previous episode, we talked about how there's like stats that say the the people who tend to assume the most that they know their spouse and they stop asking yeah. questions and are wrong about it are those who've been married longest. And it's because they have that narrative going in their mind like, well, I shouldn't have to tell him. I shouldn't have to tell her. And I'm telling you, if you would just ask my gosh. I mean, just right there, you're cherishing them. Yeah. You're cherishing yeah, them. Yeah, you're telling them, I, I want to know. I mean, don't let Chick-fil-A serve with more pleasure than you do your own spouse. Exactly. That's just wrong. That is wrong. We should have a Chick-fil-A kind of marriage of, it is my pleasure. It should be. If a, you don't have yes. Chick-fil-A where you are, you're missing out. Go above and beyond. But they and they don't even, when you say thank you, they say, my pleasure. Yeah. And, and it's almost like they mean it. Like you can, I feel like they mean it. I think they mean it. Yeah. I mean, they always get your order right. Most of the time. If they don't, though, they really feel bad about it and they'll correct it. Yeah. If they don't, you know what? I don't even correct them because I feel like they're so connected <laughs> to God that they know better than I know what I need. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't need that else, avocado lime ranch. This is actually must be what I need. <laughs> and what's best for me? I need the fruit instead of the fries. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to get crazy. <laughs> No, I, I, you know, what are some other practical ways that we can love and cherish our spouse? Because I do think this is one that we tend to gloss over. It's know? huge though. It is huge. I think, uh, you know, we recommend our own resources a lot and I hope you go to, you know, exomarriage.com and look at the store and look at ways to give and look at ways to support this ministry. But I want to give you a recommendation that's outside of Exo. Yeah. Uh, the book, The Five Love Languages. Oh, it's so good. Um, so good. Classic by Dr. Gary Chapman. I think... Wow, it is so groundbreaking, beautifully simple, that we ha we each have a unique way of, of giving and receiving love as a primary love language. And, and you need to learn what your spouse's is, because for you, you might think, well, I really, I feel closest to my spouse when they speak words of affirmation to me. 
So I'm going to show them I love them by doing that for them. They might not respond to that because that's not their love language. So you have to learn each other's. Like the love languages are, let's see, if off the top of my head, I think it's acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, and gifts. That's right. And chances are your primary love language is, is one of those five and your spouse's is most likely something different than yours. And, and that's the case for us. Yeah. So I'm, and, yeah, I'm an acts of service and I would say physical touch at this point. Yeah. Which is weird I because think I've changed. I think it's like physical touch has risen up your list. The older you've gotten. It's true. And then I think I want you to touch my wrinkled skin. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but it's like for me, when we first took this assessment, like I think when we were getting married, like is when we first, yeah. right. I mean, or maybe in the early years. My, my number one was physical touch and it's, it's more than just sex. Obviously it's really like you like high fives and hugs and back rubs yeah, you and like foot rubs. You like to be rubbed. I do. I love a back rub. And so it's more than just what people assume. And then I think quality time was my number two, but you know, what's risen up my list is words of affirmation. The older I've gotten, I really, I really love it when you, and I go to you almost, and you can tell I'm like. I'm not even, I'm not asking you per se, but in, in my need, conversation, it's like you're, I need that, I need that validation from you and uh, reassurance and stuff. And so it's really interesting. And I, I've heard from different people that it can change in different seasons and how maybe based on our life circumstances and what we've been through, you know, our love languages can change, but that's the beauty of marriage is you're constantly, uh, I think Jimmy Evans has said that, said this before that you're studying your spouse. Like you're, a, you're a perpetual student of your spouse. Yeah. Like you're learning who your spouse is, what they're into, what they're not into, you know, their quirks, their idiosyncrasies. And Dave likes to say he's becoming very astute, you know, um, on what my list is. Like yeah, she has a running list of things that annoy her. Yeah. And, you and it to, changes. It changes. And you need. Th it's just so random. Be real though. though. We tease about it. You need to know your spouse's list. Well, Everybody laugh about my has list. a list of kind of pet peeves and things that that. Mine don't even make sense. They don't have to. They're, it's your list. And, if, and it's not consistent either. But it doesn't have to be consistent <laughs> as, lo as long as I know what's on it. So I can avoid that minefield yeah. and help you avoid it, too. Life's going to be You better. have a list too, though. Everybody does. You do. And I know your list. And, and so it's funny. We'll tease each other about it sometimes. But like one of my thing is like very early on, you learn this. I hate and I I rarely say the word hate because that's also on my list. I think people say hate too much. You don't yeah. really hate that, you know, but like I literally hate tickling. I hate it. Like yeah. if you tickle me, I become I become she like a different person. I can't help it. And, and I, I told Dave early on, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'll do. Like I, yeah. so she I feel like someone's hurting violent me. And she is not kidding. The she kids like know it. Control. Don't tickle mom. It's the mom. incredible Hulk. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, get off me. You know? <laughs> and so you don't do that. But Dave, you know, I don't think you mind tickling. You're very ticklish. I don't really tickle you a lot, but I do sometimes with the kids to be silly. And then what's interesting, only one of your feet are ticklish. The bottom of one foot's ticklish. The bottom, bottom of one foot. Night, which I must have leprosy it's or something. So, it's it's like, so weird. Like only one's ticklish. How oh my that? gosh. But um, but it's fun figuring out, you know, those things. And I think that's a way to cherish them too, is because you're fascinated by them. You're like, I want to learn about you. And and it's, you know, that's how you keep a marriage going strong. Love and cherish. I, I think we speak that first because it's so important. You yeah, know? Yeah, that's it's so important. That's the foundation. And I think sometimes it's the hardest one because you do have to it's not automatic. 
It's just not automatic. It's you not, can't get no. on autopilot. It's something you have to tend to every single day. And instead of looking at that like like you're dreading it, look at it like a privilege. Like I get another day with you. I get another day to learn something new, you know? So good. Guys, I, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And we're going to keep this going next week with another part of the vows. Um, so tune in to find out which vow it is as we get back to the basics together. Uh, in the meantime, you guys can connect with us on Instagram at Dave and Ashley Willis uh, or always at our ministry's website, xomarriage.com. God bless. We'll see you soon.